Hello and welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Wakani. My co-host is... Making a fucking mess, Nabil Lalani. In my house. Nabil's making a mess in my house, in my brand new house. Or reno- newly renovated house. It's okay. No, no, nothing spilled on the carpet, just on the drapes. You hear, I hope you heard that, Mom. She is subscribed to our podcast. Did there you we go. Her, nothing spilled, Auntie. <laughs> I think I made her follow us on Twitter too, which there we go. When I say made her, I mean I took her account and did it for oh, her. Oh, there you go. Um, okay, so hell yeah, welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Fox, and the craft beer. My name is Asif. That's Nabil. We're at my house today. This is the first time we've ever recorded in my house. It's Sunday welcome afternoon. Welcome to March my Madness. house. Yeah, uh, March Madness is on the TV. And Nabil was just in my area today. There's already a lot to talk about. Normally, we wait until Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On a Tuesday. Uh, to have a recording. But we already had so much happen in the last, like, six days in the NFL that we just decided, let's do a special, Sunday special. Sunday special. Sunday fun day. And Asif was kind enough to provide us with the beverages for today. Yeah. Um, we got Pipeworks Pothole City. That he actually got on Atlanta Falcons Day, so we can get to that in a minute. Oh, God. Um, it's a 10.5% or stout. Yeah, so I got this from Stout Brothers down here in, down here in Roswell. Um, and, yeah, it's a Rocky Road Imperial Jesus. Stout. I don't know, Nabil, have you ever had this one before? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've had it at Exhibit Ale, one of my favorite uh, growler shops. Um, nice. I've, you know, Stout Brothers is also a growler shop, so growler shops are the future. Yeah, so this is uh, in Crowler form, and I guess it's, what, 32 ounces? Mm -hmm. So we have 32 ounces of Pajo City to consume on this podcast. Uh, It's a good thing it's a Sunday. Sunday. Right? So so good. Very, very creamy, very marshmallowy. I definitely get the Rocky Road in this chocolatey as fuck. So, I mean, yeah, this is freaking delicious. Um, drinking out of a nice Monday night glass that Asif procured. Asif was drinking out of a, is this a three taverns? That's a three taverns. The three taverns glass, so. Yeah, and. Just make it work. And I was also going to say, for those of you who are listening, Pipeworks is in Chicago. It's a Chicago brewery. So I was like, oh, okay. This pretty much makes the answer very easy. And the great thing about Stab Brothers, I think they have like 48 beers on tap. And this is number 29 on the tap list. And my birthday is on the 29th of, not this month, but a month in there the calendar go. year. So pretty much done deal. I love Rocky Road ice cream. I love stouts. It's raining outside. So there go. why not? And yeah. um, anyway, okay. So we got the beer done. Yeah. Nabil, it's, where do you want to start? Well, I want to start with this. Just, just building on the beer for a second. Just want to kind of get, get a little idea of what was going through your mind when you got this beer. I noticed this is marked on 328, which is Atlanta Falcons Day. Right. So did you just need a beverage on that day and you just ended up at Stop Brothers for a drink and you just kind of worked out that you got this? Uh, I would say it kind of worked out. However, now that you mentioned it is 328... I mean, this well, is like... Which, if you're in London, is 28 to 3, so... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you go with the English calendar. Uh, speaking <laughs> of London, my coaster is from London. I got to do some work for a London-based publication here shortly. But um, I feel like this is a national drinking day for Atlanta Falcons fans everywhere. I feel like... There you go. If you're a Falcons fan, you're allowed to have a drink on the 28th of March. There you go. 28 Anywhere three. and anywhere. Uh, everywhere and anywhere. Uh. The other thing... I was going to say, though, because you talked about, before we get into this week's subject matter, more beer. 
Today is Sunday. Nibir, what did you do yesterday? Tell the people what you did yesterday. Oh, yesterday I did, um, I did something that I normally do not do in an organized fashion, but I did do a 5K. I went to Atlanta, which was I don't... It, sorry, was it a 5K or was it a 5 kosh? It was a 5 k 5 k 5 k And where was that at? It was at um, an awesome brewery in uh, Summerhill, um, which actually is like... It's, it's, that area is booming now. It's not what it used to look like. Yeah. If you go to Old Turner Field, which is Summerhill. Which is Hill, literally down the road from, Summerhill is down yeah. the road from Summerhill. You will oh. not, you will not recognize that area anymore. I mean, this, it is like completely different. Um, but yeah, it was in, um, at Halfway Crooks, awesome brewery, awesome people. They hosted a 5k and after, if you did the full, every k that you ran, you got one Kolsch for it. I did the full 5k, so I got five Kolsches. And yeah, I mean, awesome. Kolsch was delicious. Uh, reminded me of when I was in Cologne and, you know, enjoying Kolsch. Um, I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember one of our older episodes, but there was an episode, or this might have been one of our lost episodes where I was sitting in Germany and I was having Kolsch while Asa was talking to me. We had some weird, like, time differences where we pulled it off. But yeah, I mean, Kolsch, delicious, very so, easy, very refreshing. Yeah, um, and the thing about Halfway Crooks for you Atlanta people who are listening, it's a great place for beer tasting beer. And I know that sounds kind of silly, yeah. but like Pipeworks Pajo City is not a beer tasting beer. It's yeah. a great beer. Great beer. But, but not, it's not necessarily a beer tasting yeah. beer like Halfway Crooks makes for the pale ales. Lagers, pale ales. Like, lager, yeah. lager, lager, yeah. lager, baby. If you want beer that tastes like beer, you want to go to Halfway Crooks. So. Um, yeah, Kolsch was fantastic. After that, I did, um, you know, while I was down there, I did stumble around Summer Hill and um, went to the pizza spot I've been trying to get everyone to go to. Uh, couldn't go with the people. Junior's Pizza. Junior's Pizza. Yeah, couldn't go with Asif. But, you know, I did have one with great people, you know, my brother, my friends. And what did, did you get the cheeseburger pizza that you've been after this one? No, time? the cheeseburger pizza was not there. But we did have the cheddar barbecue burger. It had like, pickles it. on it. Uh, was delicious. I, I will post these on Bears, Birds, and Brews. We did get a pepperoni pizza. I didn't try it, but I was told it's fantastic. We got the Sicilian. We got the white. We got the Buffalo Ranch pizza. All of them were great. I would say if you go to Junior's Pizza, just just throw throw a dart at a board and order whatever because it's all delicious. It, there's not a bad pizza there. So Okay, and then... So I, I am cool too. I Nabil is obviously very cool this weekend. I just gotta say I am a little cool too. And I did have a bottle of wine yesterday, and it, this wine was called Southern Belle. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It's a red wine. What's special about this wine apparently is it is aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels. Ooh, fancy. So I had a wine that was aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels yesterday, hmm. and it was great actually. Nice. It was. Where'd you have it? So I got it from Sprayberry Bottle Shop. Mm. And I ended up drinking it in Cartersville last night because I guess I got some intel leaks that said that Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing the Falcons later this year. Matter of fact, at the very end of this year. Mm -hmm. So I had to go up to Cartersville yesterday to see what intel I could get so the Falcons could be ready. Ah, nice. Right. right. But I did have this wine. It's called Southern Bell Asian Pappy Van Winkle Barrels. It's very affordable and it's criminally underpriced. I Mm -hmm. highly recommend it. I will try to post a picture of this. On at Bears, Birds, and Brews, or only Asus fans. That's my new at. Yeah. Only Asus fans. But uh, you guys are not only fans of us, you guys are fans of the Falcons and the Bears. And Bears. Right. But if you're a fan of the 49ers 
Dolphins or Eagles, you're very happy right now. Isn't that right, Nabil? Very happy or very, like, I won't say confused, but very, trying to figure out what's happening. So I think early Friday, news broke that the 49ers were trading up with the um, the 49ers traded up with the Miami Dolphins to get the number three pick. They traded the number 12 pick, a f- two future first, and a couple of mid-rounders to get the number three pick in the draft, which, which would tell everyone that if you're moving from 12 to 3, the 49ers are going to get a quarterback. Right, now, especially remember, because there's yeah. a handful who are ready to go. Yeah. And remember, this team is two years... Um, away two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl, so their entire team is still a very good roster. They, you know, they they were just severely injured last year and still managed to win a few games. And now, you know, they they lost about they lost four of their best offensive players and five of their best defensive players. No team can win by losing that many that many of their you know important players. And yet, you know, they still won a few games, and um, now they're. They're essentially either going to get Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and some people are saying possibly Mac Jones. But one of these three quarterbacks will most likely be a 49er this time, you know, but this time in a month. Yeah. You know, we're about a month away from the draft. And we've one- got a lot of special NFL draft stuff coming up for y'all, too, starting today. Definitely, right now. yep. And, my question, if I'm a Falcons fan or if I'm, you know, looking at the 49ers throughout the NFL, I say... Were they right about Jimmy Garoppolo? Slash, how is this? How is there any guarantee if I'm a 49ers fan that this isn't going to be Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0? Because you kind of did. Maybe you didn't give up as much of assets to get Jimmy Garoppolo the mm-hmm. first time. But my point that I'm making is like you you made moves to get a quarterback that you thought was the guy, mm-hmm. and now two years later, one major injury later, you're saying, okay, this isn't the guy anymore. Let me go get somebody else. Like. How can I be sure as a 49ers fan that like the third overall quarter, the quarterback who's taken third overall mm-hmm. in this year's draft is the guy that Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be? So, the, so let's just take a step back first. Let's just talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Uh, going back, I think it was four years ago. It was a couple Jimmy years Garoppolo ago, trade. Yeah, four sure. years ago, um, Jimmy Garoppolo trade. The 49ers traded the second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. What I'll say about that trade is that I don't deem it as a failure. I don't know if other people deem it as a failure, but I think that's a success. I mean, if anyone trades a second-round pick for a quarterback and that quarterback helps take you to a Super Bowl, yeah, so helps take you to a Super Bowl, I deem that as a success. I mean, if, for example, you trade a second-round pick and you get a quarterback that does, takes you to a Super Bowl, that, I think, is a, is a successful mission now and almost won the Super Bowl, too. I mean, you went up against a historical quarterback in Pat Mahomes that led a comeback to win that Super Bowl against you. Now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is still good. He's under a very reasonable contract for a quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. So I actually think they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo because he knows the offense. And they're going to draft a quarterback, let's say Trey Lance, let's say Justin Fields. Mac Jones, as we, as we were talking about earlier. And then it could be a Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith kind of, you know, Alex Smith, you know, mentored Pat Mahomes to take him to the next level. Now, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be as helpful as Alex Smith was to Pat Mahomes? Probably not. Right. But at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo probably knows that, hey, well, if this isn't part of my last chance on the 49ers to, you know, to prove myself. Mm-hmm. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo pulls an Aaron Rodgers and he's lights out next year, 
well, then the 49ers just won the lottery. You know, right. they have two legit quarterbacks. But even if they, even if he doesn't, let's say he just has an above average season. Let's say he goes 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Very reasonable numbers that he can most likely pull off. Mm-hmm. He, they could probably just flip Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. So yeah, that would be one year down the road. One year down the road because they still own his rights for another year. Right. So right now the 49ers are just like playing with, with house money. I mean, they, they have a quarterback that they believe in, but they're also taking a quarterback that they could probably mold their offense around. They could probably get prepared to be the quarterback of the future. And if you look at that division as well, that division is ramping up with quarterbacks. I mean, you already got Russell Wilson, got Kyler Murray. Um, I always forget the fourth team in the NFC West. Uh, the Rams? The Rams. The Rams just got Matt Stafford. Right. So three very good quarterbacks. Um, one, one elite quarterback, one quarterback on the rise, and one quarterback that could become amazing, but he's just never been on the right team in Matt Stafford. Right. So now you have Jimmy Garoppolo and a potential young quarterback that could also be the future of the league as well. I mean, 49ers are going to be set for the next 10 years. And also with an offensive play caller in Kyle Shanahan, who is the best offensive play caller in football. I mean, that team is on the rise right now with an emerging defense still and an amazing offensive line. Okay, so my question (coughs) to you then Mm -hmm. is that we all know you're a big trade-down advocate. Very. Do you like the move that the 49ers did which is essentially trading up and playing with house money. I do like what they did because they realize they're in a position right now with a defense that the defense that's only getting better with an offense. So the only hole the 49ers have is potentially quarterback based off of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they have another hole. I mean, yeah, they don't have the elite wide receivers, but they have playmakers and um, Brandon Ayuk. And Debo Samuels. I mean, those are two very good receivers, two very good playmakers. Now, are they Julio Jones? No. Are they DeAndre Hopkins? No. But are they good enough to make a difference? Yes. Okay. So, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, clearly San Francisco has felt like this was the right move because they're wheeling and dealing. Yeah. And got the Dolphins to land. So, now let's talk about the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about them? Because you would think, okay, you made a major trade in the NFL draft. You trade out of a top five pick. Well, that's it. That you're done trading. And about an hour later, more news breaks that the Dolphins made another trade in the mm-hmm. first round. In which case, this one. So the Dolphins they traded back from three to twelve with the Forty ers and then they flipped twelve. And what what else was it? Another first round pick, twelve in a twenty twenty two first rounder to move to six with the Eagles. So now they're sitting at six. And they have another draft pick, and I believe that's at 17 or 18. Mm. So they still have two picks in the top 20, but they have one in the top 10 at number six. What this tells me is that, one, the Dolphins are making moves to build around Tua. And what I can kind of see by looking at the tea leaves, potentially, at six, they might be targeting Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Right. At at, um, at six, they'll be targeting Kyle Pitts. Now, I know what you're saying. There's Jamar Chase, there's Devontae Smith. There's so many good receivers that Miami could target to help Tua. Well, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. And Kyle Pitts is probably the best tight end coming out of football in the la- coming out of college in the last 10 years. I mean, I think the last tight end that was this highly regarded was maybe Vernon Davis coming out of college. Okay. Um, so Kyle Pitts is a playmaker. I mean, he's getting comparisons to Calvin Johnson. 
who was a wide receiver, but Kyle right. Pitts is a tight end. And then coming back on their I second... I see Mike Evans, personally. I see a lot of Mike Evans there. Yeah. Um, but at tight end, which is ridiculous. Right, yeah. And then at 18, Miami Dolphins still have a pick at 18, where if you think about it, one of the wide receivers between Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase... And Jalen Waddle, one of the wide receivers can very likely fall, especially with all the quarterbacks being taken and the defensive players already being pushed down, like a Michael Parsons from Penn State, who in any other draft would be a top five pick. He might be going in the teens. So there could be a run on defensive and offensive defensive players and offensive linemen, which could see Jalen Waddle falling all the way down to 18, where Miami can essentially pick a, an elite wide receiver prospect and an elite tight end prospect. To to have Tua, so Tua can have two elite players going in to next two year. Two for Tua. Two for Tua. Two for Tua. Well, I mean, I think the Dolphins. It's safe to say, probably won the draft trades from this past weekend, right? I mean, well, well, the other thing is, uh, Dolphins also have so much draft capital that I could also see them at eighteen, even making a move up in the draft to try to trade up to, you know, you could say 13, 14, 15 with the Patriots just to ensure they get the elite wide receiver along with Kyle Pitts. Um, if you look at the Dolphins right now, they have so many draft picks going, going to the future. I mean, next year they have two twos and two threes along with their original first. The year after, they have two firsts and I believe uh, no, they have two firsts um, the year after, one from San Francisco and one, one their own, along with two seconds and two thirds. So... They have an abundance of draft picks going in the future where even if Tua doesn't work out, they'll have enough draft capital to trade up for whatever quarterback they would want. They essentially are the OKC Thunder of football right now, where right. OKC Thunder has 34 picks in the next seven years. Yeah, um, 17 in the first round, 17 in the second round. Well, for, uh, well the Dolphins have you know, the equivalent of NFL picks like that. And, you know, third-round picks are more valuable in the NFL. I mean, third, a third-round NFL pick is more valuable than a bottom-half first-round pick in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how crazy the amount of draft picks the Dolphins have right now. So, yeah, so the Dolphins by far winning all this. I guess the last question I have in regards to this three-way trade deal, the unofficial three-way mm-hmm. trade, right? And unofficial three-way. So that's, the name of the, that's the name of the episode. Unofficial three-way. <laughs> hey, man. I'm happy, happy unofficial three-way, y'all. Um, no, but then I was going to say, what do the Eagles do now? Because surely their whole thing this whole time has been, well, we have to get one of the elite wide receivers. They, in theory, at 12, could get the second of the three who are supposed to be in the top three. First of all, don't call me Shirley. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, uh, Philly has a lot of options right now. I mean, at twelve, they could they could go best player available. I mean, at twelve, they could get um, a Micah Parsons. They could get a Rashawn Slater. They could go ahead and get Jalen Waddle. I mean, they have so many options right now. They may even look to trade down at twelve potentially. Mac. So the the wild card in all this is Mac Jones. Really? So, and I'm going to get to the Falcons as well in a second, because uh, Falcons do come into play. But the two teams to watch during the draft, I feel like, in the top 10 is going to be the Panthers and is going to be the Broncos. Both teams want a quarterback. Both teams need a quarterback. Both teams were on the Deshaun Watson train before all the allegations happened. So both of these teams are looking to upgrade the quarterback. And both of those teams are going to have to go to number four in Atlanta to trade up. 
Now, Mac Jones is, you know, a step, like, you know, the way the prospects are working, it goes Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin, uh, Trevor Lawrence won, then right now Zach Wilson looks to be the number two pick. After that, Trey Lance and Justin Fields are 3A and 3B. And then after that, a four-fifth is Mac Jones. Now, if Mac Jones somehow falls out of the top, you know, top 10, you're looking at Philly, who could be a team looking to trade down for anyone that wants a Mac Jones. And teams who may be looking up to trade for a Mac Jones, a Vikings, a Patriots, a, um, a Washington football team, the Bears. You could look at potentially the Steelers. Maybe the Browns, if they're kind of feeling weird. Colts? Colts just got um, Carson Wentz, so they won't be. That contract is still going for a couple years. They're out. out for sure. But, you know, maybe the Browns is a wild card if they're feeling a little iffy on Baker Mayfield. But I think that might be a stretch. But, you know, the Bears for sure. So there could be a lot of teams looking to trade up to around 12 where Philly is. And, you know, a lot of teams could be looking to trade down, you know, 10 through, let's say, 10 through 13 those teams will be looking to trade down for anyone who wants Mac Jones. So Philly is Philly is in a really good position because they could pick an elite prospect. They could trade down and gather more draft picks because they have an additional first-round pick next year from the 49ers via the Dolphins, I believe. So as with our unofficial three-way that we spoke about. So Philly is in a good spot right now. I mean, yes, Philly has been kind of weird for the past couple, for the past um, six months because of the way the season ended with Jalen Hurts on the bench, with Carson Wentz on the bench, and um, I forget the quarterback that was playing. Um, like Bolton or something? Like I don't even know. And then, and then you know, letting um, Doug, Peterson, Doug go. Peterson go and then hiring, essentially, Frank Reich Jr., but then still trading Wentz. But they, they look like they made a good move. Um, now, you might be, might be saying, hey, this isn't a, um, a 49ers podcast. This isn't an Eagles podcast. This isn't even a uh, Miami Dolphins podcast. It sure isn't. It's a Falcons or a Bears podcast. So how does this impact the Falcons? Well, Let's go to what started this whole thing, which was the 49ers. The 49ers traded up to get the number three pick. But the 49ers called a lot of teams to trade up. They called the Jets. They called the the Dolphins. They also called the Falcons. Meaning that that trade is very likely, you know, they're shopping it around. Mm -hmm. 49ers may have offered Falcons something. And, you know, that might not have been enough. Or maybe the 49ers didn't want to go to four. They preferred to go to three to get their guy. But what that says is, well, there's four, it looks like to be four elite quarterbacks, prospects coming out of this draft. And right now the Falcons hold the keys to the fourth quarterback. And the two teams that I'm seeing that could trade up are the Panthers and the Broncos. Which we just talked about yeah. kind of in detail. So my question as a Falcons fan, I'm wondering, could Terry Fino have pulled off the same moves that maybe the Dolphins did, you know, because you had, I mean, if you do, if you weren't three, four is the best place to be, right? Very much so. And, you know, I'm assuming that the, um, the 49ers had a deal, potentially had a deal in place with the Falcons pending the deal with, with the Dolphins, with them. The 49ers had a deal with the Falcons pending a deal with the Dolphins. So they probably went to the Falcons and said, Hey, this is what we're offering for the number four pick. The Falcons were like, yeah, we're down. And they're like, okay, well, we have a deal in place with the Dolphins. If that falls through, we'll make this trade with you. And the deal didn't fall through. 
because going from three to four, yeah, there is there is a drop. So it wouldn't have been right. apples to apples. Right. But those two those additional two first round picks were probably in that in that. Deal. Yeah, I mean, I think at the very least that yeah. has to be a part yeah. of the package, right? So you know, a team like, but it's also going from twelve to three or twelve to four right. versus eight or nine to um, to four. So you know, I would say you know if it's a Carolina or a Denver, the trade is starting. With a with this year's first, next year's first, and an additional first. Now those teams may push back and say, "Hey, we'll give you this year's first, next year's first, and a following second or something." And you know, but I would assume if the Falcons do trade down with the Panthers or the Broncos, you're at least getting one additional first for 2022, potentially 2023. Especially if there's a bidding war between the Panthers and the Broncos, which the Falcons could you know, could kind of, of finagle and try, so, to, uh, try to create. Yeah, I guess, I mean, and as a Falcons fan too, it's like you got to realize as well that pick three and pick four in this instance when there's four quarterbacks who could go top yeah. four is a huge difference. Whereas if you looked at last year, there weren't four quarterbacks going in the top four. Yeah. So your top four pick there is really the second best overall quarterback right. versus literally the fourth best overall quarterback, which is what you might be looking at. Right. I wonder... If San Francisco might be thinking Justin Fields to keep up with the Kyler uh, Murray and Russell Wilson's in their division, another mm-hmm. mobile-ish quarterback who's got right. strong arm strength, I wonder if that's a possibility. Although Trey Lance can kind of play well outside the pocket too. So I would say, so the way I see it is this. If the 49ers somehow trade Jimmy Garoppolo before the draft, that tells me they want Justin Fields. If 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo, they want Justin Fields because what that tells me is they they need a quarterback who can come play right now. If when I see Trey Lance, I don't see a quarterback who's going to start day one. Right. Justin Fields can start day one. Right. Now, who has the higher ceiling potentially? I think Trey Lance potentially has a higher ceiling than Especially Justin Fields. if you groom him the right exactly. way. Exactly. So with 49ers letting it leak that they're not trading Jimmy Garoppolo, that tells me that Trey Lance is the guy. But, again, that could all be a Fugazi. That could all be, hey, we're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. And then some team has to come and overpay the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you think, do you think there's any way the 49ers flip that third overall pick? Flip? No. I don't no. think they flip. And not at this point because they are, there's no way they can get more. They, 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 can, they can. They, they definitely can. It just depends. But I, I, don't, I don't see them flipping the number three pick. Um, I, I just don't see that. I mean – like, if you think about it, like, hey, if, you know, Carolina Panthers, for example, they keep trying to trade with the Falcons, they keep trying to trade with the Falcons, but they're like, we really want Trey Lance, we don't believe in Justin Fields, we think Trey Lance is the guy, and 49ers kind of, like, put it in their head that we're taking Trey Lance. Well, there's all, you know, what's stopping the Panthers trading up to four, getting the number four pick, and then calling the 49ers and saying, hey, let's flip, mm-hmm. let's flip, draft, let's flip. Right. And... If the 49ers want Justin Fields anyway, and Carolina's like, hey, I have the number four pick. I'll give you the number four pick and a second-round pick. Let me get three. Why would you do that? Right. So it, it all just depends on the poker game that the 49ers are playing right now. Okay, well, yeah, I guess that's the thing I was trying to get. Are they playing poker? Now, what are the Falcons going to do? Well, you might have a quarterback. I mean, there's you will have a quarterback waiting at four, without a doubt. Yes. There's yeah. no doubt about there'll it. Be, there will be a minimum of two quarterbacks that will be taken in the first round waiting at four. Yeah. So um, with that being said, it's 
maybe you stick to your plan all along. Now, obviously, Mac Jones isn't your fourth overall pick, but uh, Fields or Lance might be. Yes. So maybe maybe things shake out exactly how you want them to. And if if not, then I would think Atlanta's going to make a move before draft day. I don't think there's going to be a draft day trade for the fourth overall pick because it seems like that something didn't go according to plan for that to happen. Right. Is my is my thinking. So, I mean, as far as what the Falcons are going to do, we don't know, but we know that a quarterback will be there if they want one. However, they did make moves in free agency literally within the last couple of days. Yeah. As all this is happening. Literally after our last podcast where I went on record saying the Falcons won't sign a running back until after the draft, they signed a running back in Mike Davis who – had a very good season, um, you know, backing up, uh, not backing up, but playing in place, in of. place of a Christian McCaffrey, uh, which should tell you that running backs are very replaceable and you should never, never draft a running back in the first round. But Mike Davis is a very good value signing for the Falcons. I really like that pick. And just some numbers on Mike Davis. So last year he recorded 1,015 yards from scrimmage and that's 642 yards coming on the ground and 373 yards coming through the air in total, eight touchdowns. So he pretty much looks ready to contribute right away. Yep. And, and it's a hometown kid. Right. So taking home. a hometown discount, obviously playing with pride, and making a good football and business move for himself. Yeah, definitely. Because he's getting paid. He had a great year when he wasn't supposed to have a great year. Yeah. He's getting paid, and then he's putting himself in position to stay winning and stay home. So they got the Falcons got him. They also got um, uh, former Bear Barkevius Mingo. Yeah, so Nabil, tell us about him. Um, so Barkevius Mingo, former LSU standout, top five draft pick for the Browns, I believe. Um, never lived up to his draft position, but a very good special teams player, very athletic. Um, he will. He. I'll tell you this: special teams. He'll. He'll be very good special teams wise. Um, he will also. I'm going to say he'll give you two sacks this season. Two There's going to be two sacks that he will – he will have two plays this season where there will be a sack. He is he's very good. and He could be used in a good good way on defense. But if you are expecting Barkevius Mingo to somehow live up to his draft status of a top 10 pick, that's not going to happen. Or to be what Dante Fowler was going to be. That's not going to happen. So right. if, if, if anyone is looking at his – draft status and where he was taken and what he did at LSU and you're expecting him to anchor your defense, you know, lower your expectations. Now, if you're going to think he's going to be a solid special teams contributor, maybe get two sacks, maybe just be a very athletic player on the field, that's what you're going to get. And um, because you're talking about sacks and both, so just to recap for everybody, the Falcons had 29 sacks last season, which was 23rd overall in the NFL. And even though Drew Brees isn't in your division anymore, 20, 23, being 23rd in sacks in the NFL is not going to cut it. I mean, uh, Tom Brady's still in your division. Potentially a Joe top... Joe Brady's still in your division. Well, Joe Brady's the quarterback. He's just... But that player. offense is still yeah. in your division. I mean, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's still in your division and potentially another top 10 quarterbacks. Top 10 draft pick quarterback will be in your division. And, you know, the Saints have two quarterbacks. We'll see what happens. I mean, you're, irregardless of who's in your division, you're still going to play elite quarterbacks because that's NFL has elite quarterbacks now, and you're going to have to sack the quarterback to win. I mean, and as we discussed, you will be playing against the number one overall draft pick 
this yeah. season too. Yeah. So you got to do better than 23rd in the NFL for the Saxon for the Falcons. Lastly, they made a move in the secondary and they got Fabian Morneau from the Washington football team. This kid's 26 years old. He's going to come in and compete for the second cornerback uh, job. Obviously, we know A.J. Terrell is going to be number one. But he's a former third-round pick, and uh, he has 125 tackles and six interceptions. So, I mean, it's not the best acquisition, like you said, Nabil. It's nothing it's to a, write home about. Yeah, Mike Davis is obviously the prize yeah. packet of that package. But at least you know you have depth. Yeah, it's, it's a depth signing. I mean, he'll be playing some special teams. He'll be playing – he, he may get the second corner. I mean, I expect the Falcons to draft a quarterback – not a quarterback, to draft a cornerback – and, you know, if they trade back, potentially in the first, if not in the second or potentially the third round, um, you know, uh, a J.C. Horn potentially, um, a Asante Samuel Jr. So th- there could be a quarterback, a cornerback that you guys do draft. So, I, you know, I, I do think there's going to be a lot of competition at corner for, um, for the Falcons next year. Um, I will say there was a signing the Bears did as well. The Bears did get uh, Damian Williams. Uh, former Kansas City Chief running back who was, in all indication, one of the reasons they won the Super Bowl. I don't think he got the Super Bowl MVP, but there was a lot of people saying he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Um, or maybe he did. I don't remember. I that. think he did get Super he Bowl MVP. He MVP? Okay. Yeah. Which, and it's ironic that you mentioned that in the bill because on last week's episode, I was on record saying that I think the, the Falcons should target Damian Williams. Because yeah. I think he would be great to do what they brought Mike Davis in to do. Yeah. So... I think the Bears made a solid move there. Oh, they yeah. got Montgomery and uh, Williams and Cohen coming back. Right. So you know when when we had um when we had Mike Davis, we were calling it Run DMC with um you know Davis, Montgomery, and Cohen. And, well, now we got Run DMC back with Damian, uh, Montgomery, and Cohen. So it's it's um, Run DMC the sequel. Here, well, and I was gonna say if you like that, if you don't like that because it's copyrighted, here's another one for you: the three-headed monster of the midway. I don't like that. You know, like that. Oh, well, man. you did draw, you did post a picture of a three headed monster <laughs> on our Instagram page at Bears, Breads, and Brews. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it yet, you need to go see it because it's pretty great. So be sure to follow us there. And I think that's all we're going to do on that particular portion of the NFL draft. Although I will say, it is good to mention the NBA trade deadline yes. just passed. And yes. the Bulls made another huge Bulls move. Bulls made a move, fantastic man. move. I mean, like. You know, they got the, one of the best centers in the NBA, in case yes, you missed yes. it. Yes, and I can never pronounce his name. Is it Vucevic? Vujovic? Well, I know that some people in Orlando like to call him Vuciman. Vuciman. I, I don't want to call him Vuciman. Um, I'm going to call him by his real name, but you know, I'll have to do more research to see how to specifically pronounce his name because I'm not good at speaking. But um, it's uh, Nikola Vucevic. Vujovic. Uh, yeah, it looks like Vucevic. Vucevic. Well, r- regardless, he is an elite elite center. Um, you can argue if he's top three, top five. It doesn't matter. I mean, we have a pairing with Zach Levine and ne- I'm going to call him Nikola. I like it. Nikola. Zach and Nikola. You know, Zach and Nikola's excellent adventure. That's what's happening right now. A 30-year-old seven-footer. Yep. The Bears. I mean, the Bears. The, the Bulls. Bulls just got him. Yeah. Although, shit. I mean, he's in Chicago now, so yep. the Bears did him. Get him. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have a good one-two punch right now. Um, we also have Patrick Williams, who is still developing, and it also looks like we. So we traded two first-round picks for him, but our first-round pick this year is still top four protected. So in case you know we do miss the playoffs and we get lucky in the lottery, it's not like we're missing out on top four players. 
But, you know, hey, the draft will start at five then, and we'll lose the fifth pick, which, you know, if I can trade the fifth pick for Vucevic, I'll definitely do that. So, overall, I give this trade an A. I mean, I love it. Um, I think it's a great move for the Bulls. I think Bulls fans everywhere should be happy. I think this is what Bulls fans have been waiting for. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we know we're in rebuilding mode. We know we're in rebuilding mode. Yeah. You get Levine, uh, so you know, okay, rebuilding is going to probably happen around this guy, hopefully. Yeah. He's been playing really well. He's made it seem like he's committed to being there. Yeah. So now you got him pieces that probably better than he could have even asked for. And now Bulls are rumored to be targeting Alonzo Ball in the offseason. Which is another great move I love for him. We have a max. We potentially, if we make the right moves, we could have a one max roster spot. Um, in the offseason, and then after that, we could offer Zach Levine the Supermax. So then we could maybe have three stars, and potentially Patrick Williams could develop into a star. So it could be the starting of, you know, something happening in Chicago. I love the what I love what AK and Billy Donovan are doing. Um, just some other news, other trades or movement that did happen in the NBA. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, as we were talking about a few weeks ago, he did get released from his contract in San Antonio, and he's joining, guess who, the Brooklyn Nets, who, you know, they have an elite roster right now. I mean, this... they're literally an uh, all-star team. Yeah. They have five all-stars as their starters, Yeah, and their sixth man, or their sixth best player on the team... Is a former is, all-star. Is also an all-star, yeah. right? Or former, I mean, yeah. I think once you're an all-star, if you're still playing, yeah. you're probably still an all-star, in my yeah. opinion. And, so, and another... It's the all-star Nets, not yeah. even the Brooklyn Nets, it's the all-star <laughs> Nets. So Brooklyn All Stars. <laughs> Brooklyn All Stars. There you go. Thank you. Um, and then there was another move that did happen. Andre Drummond did get released from his contract in Cleveland. Yeah. And he looks to be joining the Lakers, which you know, once you have a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron James coming back, that could be a very interesting, um, you know, trio. Um, <coughs> excuse yeah. Me. Marcus Gasol <coughs> there as well. Yep. So I mean, it seems like it's gonna be the Lakers Nets. I would think the Nets probably, if they don't win the NBA championship this year, it's a disappointment. So on the closing note, we never close on basketball, but we are going to close on basketball. And I'm going to put this question out to... Well, do you, okay, if we're going to close on basketball, which we should, you got anything to say about the MLB opening day is this week? Um, what I got to say about baseball is, baseball, you're a summer sport. Wait till summer. Wait your turn. All right, Wait your turn, baseball. You Wait your turn. Um, don't come into March Madness. I don't like baseball on March Madness, you know. Um, so what I'm going to say, this is the question I'm proposing to you, Asif, to the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast, to the Bears, Birds, and Bruniverse. That's what we call it, right? The Bruniverse? Yeah, the the Bruniverse, baby. Um, this is what I'm asking. If, hypothetically, the Lakers, the healthy Lakers with Andre Drummond now, Marcus Gasol, but most importantly, a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron James goes up against this monsters of the Brooklyn Nets, essentially. Mm-hmm. If if this happens and they this you know this finals happens, and LeBron somehow leads the Lakers to beating KD, James Harden, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, uh, Blake, Griffin. Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, Jordan. Steve Nash, and Mike D'Antoni, and all these players. <laughs> he he leads. LeBron James leads. Uh, leads that Lakers team to beat this team. What does that do for the Lake for his legacy? Now, I will say this. I'm the biggest Jordan homer of all time and always will be. But Jordan never had to go up against five All-Stars. Never had to go up against... On one team. Yeah. He did it throughout the course of the yeah. playoffs. 
But he didn't do it on one team. Yeah, five all And the All-Stars. closest maybe three, he got was the Lakers three, in 90. Yeah, yeah. three, 93. But three, oh, yeah. three potential future Hall of Famers, right? At minimum, three Hall of Famers on this team. In yeah. KD, Kyrie, and um, James Harden. Harden. Yeah. Um, and LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't know, maybe borderline. Well, if they win, he might be. Yeah, right? LaMarcus Aldridge may be borderline Hall of Famer. Blake Griffin, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but whatever. Um, but all well, perennial Apparently, he can still play basketball, yeah. so he might so, be. <laughs> so, three potential Hall of Famers. And three... I, no, I would say three guaranteed Hall of Famers... And two potential Hall of Famers. And another All-Star. Right. Plus a Hall of Fame coach. Steve Nash is a Hall of Fame coach. Another Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame Fame player as a coach. Right. Um, But yeah, what would that do for LeBron's legacy? I mean, I don't don't know a player that has done that. I mean, the only player that kind of did that was Dirk Nowitzki going against the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. But again, that was three potential Hall of Famers. Right. And no additional All-Stars. Well, was Ray, Ray Allen wasn't there at the time, but yeah. So, what does it do for LeBron's legacy? I'll say this. I mean, I think after... LeBron, and LeBron already did it once by beating the Golden State Warriors. Right, right. And he almost could have done it twice if he yeah. had his two, uh, one other Hall of Famer yeah. form with him for that first time around. So... My my thing on LeBron is this top five player all time. And Already, I, I I will like. I would say even top three at I, this point. I, I think I'm gonna get shit for this. I have him as a number two. Yeah, I mean, I would think I would think LeBron is top three all time. I have, I have him as a number two. Yeah, top three, number two, number one, whatever. Some people would even say number one. Yeah, some people. Yeah, some people would the, say the, number the, one. The 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 millennials or whatever the generation is. So, I, I don't know the the the, 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 the Zoros. I, I don't know what the next generation is called. But so either way. LeBron is a top three player already all time, no matter what happens from today forward. Is he still the best player in the NBA? I've said for a long time, as long as he's playing mm-hmm. and being the number one guy, he's the best player in the NBA by default. So I think he can do it. I think Anthony Davis is certainly good enough to be... I think Anthony Davis is going to be key for this, for this potential Lakers well, being the next. The irony, the irony of... What the Nets have right now is they have the second best player in the NBA, or you know at least another James top Harden? five. And, well, well, James and, Harden might be the best player in the NBA right now. Well, I was gonna say Kevin Durant, but then you also have another one in James Harden. I think James Harden's the best player in the NBA. So right of now. the f- top five players in the NBA right now, two of them could poten- four of them could potentially mean the finals. Yeah. That's LeBron and AD versus KD and James Harden. Yeah, and then obviously we know Giannis and Curry are like on in that category as well, and, and they're not going to be on these teams. So, <laughs> that being said, I think the Lakers can certainly beat him. What does it do for LeBron's legacy? He's already top three. I mean, if anything, he can only go, for me, he can only go up from there. So, if he's top two for you. He's already top two for me. Then, it's hard to say that. It's certainly it's early going to help his resume. If he yeah. doesn't get to number one, he's going to be more 1A than two if something like that happens. Yeah. Where that's say, okay, if he goes from top three, number three right now, he's definitely two... And depending on how his career ends, he could be number one. And if he's number one already, well, then he can do no wrong for yeah. you. Well, you can, you can get to number one and still come down. But regardless, he's not number one in my book. But Which well, is true. He well, could get to number one and still come down. Yeah. Now, I think the real question is what does winning do for Kevin Durant's legacy? Because your expectation is such that you are a winner. You're going to winners. You're playing with the best teams. You're playing with the super teams. I, so, uh, 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 there's a thought on that. I mean, I think for KD's legacy, regardless, in my book at least, if he wins, if he wins the finals, if he loses the finals, I don't think it really changes his legacy that much. 
I mean, if he would have won with OKC, that would have been meant a lot more for his legacy. I mean, oh, he, the whole NBA could be arguably different. They might yeah, still be together. Yeah. So, and you know that that that's a whole other thing. I mean, that that trio, whatever happened with that, I mean, that could have been that could have been amazing. Um, but. Like, KD, if he wins, I mean, yeah, he wins, but he's still going on a team with two elite players. I mean, one he, he's the second best player on his team. He's not even the best player on his team. Right. So, well, you tell me, what does that mean for KD's legacy? I mean, well, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll top your question is, what does that mean for James Harden's legacy? Right. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's the thing is, like, there's a lot to gain for all of these guys. Maybe there's more to gain for LeBron because the chips are stacked against him yeah. than it would be for Harden and Blake Griffin and yeah. KD and LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Kyrie Irving has already won, but not without LeBron. So yeah. there's arguably more for him to gain there as well. The problem, the, the Nets, again, have a catch-22 because you win. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. You had the least path of resistance, yeah. so you should have won. Now, if you don't win... Why, did, why the fuck did you win? Then how did you lose? Yeah. And even if you do win, it's... Okay, well, cool. Yeah, I mean... This is what yeah. was expected. So, but hey, they're not playing for our approval. They're playing yeah. for their own validation. Yeah. We're recording for your likes, shares, and subscribes at Bears, Birds, and Brews on Apple Podcasts and on social media. And Spotify. Yeah. And we'll see you guys soon with more NFL draft coverage. Let us know what you want to see happen in the NFL draft, what you think is going to happen at Bears, Birds, and Brews. Um, I'll, I, my new sign-off I was thinking about today would be like... Pour it up and drink it down at Bears, Birds, Brews. I don't know, Bill, what you got? Unofficial three-way. There you go.